Hey everybody, this is Matt Shu from Upright Health and welcome to episode number four of the Upright Health podcast. Today we are talking about the topic of surgery. And today's topic is uh, really focused on something that I'm becoming well known for on the internet. Um, it's good to be known for something, I suppose, on the internet. And if it's going to be something, hopefully it's something positive for everybody else. So um, if you've been on my YouTube channel, you've seen um, I post things about hips a lot. Um, I talk about... Uh, I talk about a condition known as femoral acetabular impingement. Um, it's called hip impingement for short, or FAI. And it's a really, um, the way one per person has put it to me in an email, um, it's a really in vogue uh, orthopedic diagnosis these days. And basically the diagnosis means that your bones of your hip joint are shaped funny and it's causing you problems. And um, I've written about it a number of times already on my blog and talked about it on YouTube and discussed how I think this is a pretty shaky diagnosis just based on the way it's diagnosed, um, the sheer number of people I've seen who are diagnosed with it, um, my own experience with my hips having the same symptoms. Um, and discussions with people who have had it or who have surgery or um, reading people's experiences from doing the surgery. And I've also done a bunch of uh, reading into the tests that are used to determine whether or not somebody has this condition. And in general, the, uh, if you're reading between the lines and reading carefully, it's pretty clear that the uh, methods that are used to establish this diagnosis are pretty questionable. And then moving from there, um, the outcomes of the surgery, uh, just from the anecdotal stories you read, uh, nobody should go into one of those surgeries or any major surgery thinking that it's going to be a walk in the park for recovery. So, um, there are two things I wanted to cover today, and one is um, the philosophical slash practical thoughts I have about orthopedic surgery, and the other is uh, is actually I wanted to share a story that uh, that inspires this particular episode. So I actually received an email uh, back in September from a woman named Jill in the UK and she's I've never met her we've not spoken face to face ever but she sent me an email um, to to thank me for doing what I do and uh, she shared her story with me and I was very very touched to read this story and also really happy that she went into such detail and touched on a number of major points that um, I think people need to keep in mind. So in general, when thinking about orthopedic surgery, my personal opinion, and you can agree with it or disagree with it at your own peril, is you should avoid orthopedic surgery as much as you can. 
right? And, and actually many surgeons will tell you this as well. If you can avoid getting the surgery, avoid it, right? I have had people tell me, oh, my surgeon said maybe this could help, but maybe not. So I wanted to come try to make my body move better without the surgery, right? So I, I don't want to come off saying that my opinion is necessarily controversial on this. There are orthopedic surgeons out there who are really straightforward with their patients, and these are the people you want to see. Um, and they will tell you that a lot of orthopedic surgeries are not a sure bet. Right? Cutting into your earth suit, as I had somebody call it, um, cutting into your earth suit is never a good idea, right? Just don't cut into your earth suit. Um, you need this thing intact in order to survive. So, um, you know, a lot of these surgeries are done um, to hopefully help a movement problem and to help a pain problem. Usually it's the pain problem. Um, but the track record on all kinds of orthopedic surgeries is a little shaky. The, the clearest example of this is uh, for back surgeries. For the last 20, 30 years, back surgeries were really, really popular uh, and very common treatment for back pain. And uh, basically what was done was um, a pathology, something wrong was found in an x-ray or found in an MRI, identified, circled, a very scary sounding report written up, and then that patient was then told, you need to have surgery in order to fix this back pain, and it will fix this back pain. Um, over the decades, eventually, some studies were done to really carefully examine the outcomes of these surgeries, and it was found that the surgeries were kind of a crapshoot in terms of relieving back pain, and that doing an MRI and, an, and or an x-ray on somebody who has back pain um, actually severely increases their risk of having more back pain and more severe back pain. So um, took a while for the science to catch up on that, but uh, in the end, you uh, in you know in modern day, right in our in our times now, given all that research, Back surgery is generally not recommended for back pain because it usually is a, like I said before, crapshoot. So, <clears throat> my general theory is, look, you need to avoid the surgery as much as you can because it's not a guarantee. There's recovery time from surgery and um, you basically, when you do a surgery, you do damage that just cannot be undone. Whereas if you do things on your own, attempting to stretch things, retrain your body to move well, do deep tissue work, trying to get muscles to learn to fire correctly, um, even if that fails, you could then go back and say, I give up, give me the surgery, I really need it. Now, the story I wanted to share is fantastic. So I'm gonna read some of the email to you. Um, from a very, 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 very brave woman named Jill. So here we go. Um, she says, oh, here it is. 
I was just by chance looking on the net and came across one of your videos about labrum tears and cam impingements in the hip. Having both hips been di uh, being diagnosed three years ago and having read nearly everything on the net to help myself from having the surgery. Um, both my sister and my niece have had so many surgeries. My sister had nine operations and she is still in so much pain and is basically, oh man, this is terrible, and is still being told she's going to have a hip replacement in the next few years. You can understand my apprehension. I saw the same consultant about my hip and I did inform him that I wasn't happy with him doing anything to me as his failure to help my family hadn't worked. I think he was a bit shocked. Uh, this is me speaking. Um, if I were that doctor, I would be pretty shocked too. Um, and back to Jill. Then he told me I would end up with arthritis and have to have new hips within a couple of years if I did not have surgery soon. I am still going and I am better than I was. So this is me again. Um, she was, she had this consult three years ago and after three years she is now better than she was so just want to make that point clear despite having been told that she would end up with a hip replacement and terrible arthritis um, she's three years out much better than she was before that without the surgery back to jill i'm glad so far that i walked away i have a wonderful physiotherapist who helps as uh, who helps as my pelvis seems to be unstable and I have a sacroiliac joint that seems to go out every now and then. Um, I, th I had thought that if my pelvis was more stable and aligned, it would keep my hips working. They are much better, but I still don't feel 100% right. And then she says some very nice things about me, um, which I don't need to share with you. And... Um, then in the follow-up email, um, she, she elaborated a little bit more on her views of surgery. Um, when I replied to her, I told her that I thought she was really brave to actually say what she said to the doctor and to not do the surgery based on, um, you know, what he was saying about arthritis and impending hip, uh, hip replacement. And, uh, her response was great response was great she said um i had sort of thought i was more a coward not to have surgery and i was taking a huge risk by not having the surgery having seen what surgery has done and seeing my sister and niece being put on morphine patches as well as other drugs on crutches and still in such pain with every step i just had to read 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 and read nearly every night on the net trying to understand these problems and here's where I think this, this is great. She says, once you're on that route of surgery, there's no way back. The mechanics are changed. And as I found out from one National Health Service uh, research paper, again, she's in the UK, um, uh, I discovered that uh, the patient ends up committing themselves to numerous surgeries and most probably within five to 10 years, we'll have a new hip.
it doesn't seem like preservation of the hip to me at all, but it is almost butchery. I know that's a strong word, but seeing what happens close up and not actually meaning anyone that it's worked for, uh, I'm not going to be a guinea pig. Uh, my cam impingement and labrum tears stay in my hips. Um, she then notes, other studies done of, cada of cadavers show hip impingements and labral tears, and while alive, these people had no pain in the hips. So it doesn't make sense. There has to be another route than surgery. It's a new surgery, has major risks, and even my physiotherapist, who sees a lot of patients post-op, says that having a new hip is the easier operation. So she's saying a hip replacement is actually easier. And the um, physical therapist is very concerned about the numbers of people coming to her in awful pain uh, after arthroscopic hip surgeries. So she just about covers everything. I mean everything um, that I would say uh, you need to think about. The outcomes are never guaranteed. Once you've done it, you can't undo it and the diagnosis itself for these types of issues um, the diagnoses for these issues are pretty shaky I grant you that there are probably some situations where a surgery is necessary I actually have had one client who had some pretty pretty bad stuff going on with his hip and nothing seemed to really help um, and he did end up having a, a hip replacement surgery but if you're somebody who is pretty young, and I'm going to say anything under 50, probably anything under 60 still, um, and you're having hip stuff, or you're having knee stuff, it would be a good idea to very carefully go through the research and see what you find on how these surgeries turn out. Uh, this. This woman, Jill, I don't know how old she is, but she does have a niece, so I'm assuming she's somewhere in our, somewhere in that under 50 range. Um, she did her research and she found some things that uh, aren't so good, and she's seen it up close. And she came to the same conclusions that I came to, which is don't cut into your earth suit unless you absolutely 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 have to um, so Jill closed her email and says um, at one point I was walking with a stick and not too far and it was it was just one of the hardest times so I had to find another way um, I had to find another way to get better and now this is three years on now I go for at least two one-hour walks a day with my pair of red setters as I'm walking, I try and do my exercises. There are days when it's not quite right in my legs and hips, but I try my best. It is something that I realized. Uh, it's something something that I realized is that it is a commitment I have to do as many times a day as I can to keep myself upright. So. I wanted to share this email with anybody who's got the hip problems, who's got different orthopedic issues that they're facing, um, especially, especially, especially those who have run into hip impingement issues. Um, this is a really great email from a woman who uh, 
really has a good head on her shoulders and who made an obviously very strong decision and she is now much better off for it. So Jill, thank you very much for your email and thanks for, um, thanks for sharing your story. And to all you listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't.